This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, RetailOpeningsAndClosings.com. In today's dynamic retail landscape, tracking openings and closings before they take place has never been more important. Having this intelligence is an undeniable competitive advantage. RetailOpeningsAndClosings.com, also known as ROCK, tracks future openings and future closings. Comprehensive, accurate, and reliable, the ROCK is your crystal ball and the key to making well-informed decisions with confidence in today's evolving retail climate. Hey everyone, welcome to Retail Retold. Today we have Yona Weiss. Yona brings a unique perspective to the podcast. We're gonna be talking about a topic we don't talk about often and uh, cost segregation. And Yona works for Madison Specs and he's been there for about three years. Welcome to the show, Yona. Thank you so much, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. And you know, during this time, it's, it's even a bigger pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what is cost segregation and how do real estate owners and, and users of real estate use cost segregation? In a nutshell, it's a weird name that the IRS gave to probably one of the best tax deductions that exists in the tax code for real estate owners. Um, it allows you to accelerate depreciation on a property. So instead of taking a little bit amount every single year of a depreciation tax write-off, which maybe I can touch on that, what that is exactly. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Um, So depreciation, even though it sounds like a negative thing, right? It's like something going down in value. It's actually probably one of the best things out there because it's just kind of a a fictitious uh, write-off. The IRS gives you based on the fact that your property goes down in value as time goes on. So it's not really that your property is going down in value. It may actually be appreciating, right? Maybe going up in value significantly. IRS allows you based on your purchase price to literally write off as a ta- income tax write-off the entire amount of your purchase. Okay. And so in typical depreciation, how much can you take, how much can you deduct a year? So for commercial properties, this lifespan of your property is split over a 39 year period which means you can take approximately you know, 3% to a little more than less than 3% of your property acquisition value every single year as a tax write-off. That's what depreciation is. So if you have a, a million dollar building, okay, divide that, take off a little bit for land, which does not depreciate. There's always a land value that does not depreciate, but typically 10 to 20%. Take the rest, right? You're talking about about 20%. $20,000 a year as a tax write-off on a million dollar per purchase. 20 to and so when you say write-off, mm-hmm. uh, let's make it clear for the audience. Sure. Uh, when tax you say deduction. write-off, deduction. Tax deduction, which means you earn $50,000 of income, net operating income on your property. You immediately deduct 20000 of that as a depreciation deduction, and you're only taxed on the remaining 30000 30, That's what depreciation is. Okay. So that's depreciation. And in residential, it's like 27 and a half. Correct. That's exactly right. So 27 and a half years for those in the audience and multifamily, 27 and a half years versus 39 commercial. 
Um, and so now there, there's this other thing called cost segregation, fancy word. What is that? It means breaking down your building into different actual tax lives. So not everything, according to the tax code, depreciates on a 39-year schedule, which means you can have an engineer, uh, this is called a cost segregation engineer, come into your property and identify all of those things according to the tax code that actually depreciate faster. And there are things that depreciate on a five-year schedule, and that's all personal property or tangible property, anything that's not attached to the building part of the structure. Okay. So that's going to be stuff like furniture, fixtures, okay. Wall coverings, all kinds of even stuff in, in retail or commercial properties that may be part of the kitchens. If, if there are such things, all of those values depreciate on a five-year, which means you can write all that stuff off over a five-year period instead of lumping it together on a 39-year schedule. So just to give an example. Yeah. Let's give an example. That's what great. that would mean, right? In your million dollar purchase, okay, let's say about 20% of that, okay, $200,000 of that can now be identified and allocated into that five year, you know, equipment and furniture and fixtures and et cetera. That $200,000 can now be written off over the first five years uh, as a tax, extra tax write off on top of the, you know, 20,000 that you had to start with. So you're talking about an extra you know, $40,000 of tax write-off every single year per million dollars. So this seems, you know, too good to be true at times. So why wouldn't someone use cost seg? There are a couple of reasons. Okay. And the main reason is that, you know, you don't need those deductions. Okay. If you have total loss, you know, operating loss on your property, uh, then you don't need extra tax deductions right? So just creating extra deductions for no reason, it will benefit you in the long run because you're allowed to carry those losses forward, meaning you can use them next year if you don't use them this year. However, it's kind of just like churning water. Like I can, I don't need to do it. Okay? I don't need to pay the fee to get someone to come out and do it if I'm not even going to benefit from it this year. Now, That's the main but, but let's ask the other question. What happens if I've used cost seg and I sell the property? Yes. What happens? So, so that's the, the second biggest concern people have about cost segregation is what's called depreciation recapture tax, which means when you sell a property, any type of investment or business property, not only when you sell it, you have to pay a capital gains tax on if you actually made profit on the sell, sale of that property, you have to pay a depreciation recapture tax, which means you pay a 25% tax on the amount of depreciation that you took over the course of ownership of that property. So you get the time value of money when you're doing cost irrigation to do, uh, you take those deductions when you need them now, right? Keep your cash flow by creating more tax deductions. However, when you go to sell the property, you're gonna have to now pay back a certain amount of that with that depreciation recapture tax. Uh, there is a big way around that that a lot of people know about 1031 exchanges, right? That defers your capital gains tax, but people, a lot of people don't know that also defers the depreciation recapture tax. So if you're doing a cost irrigation, 1031 exchange, if you're planning on selling the property in the next couple of years, is a definitely a great option. The only downside is when the value or the sale price goes down, then you have an issue, right? When, when you, if you buy it, you take, you take this, you tenth, you're, 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 
want it 1030, want it, and you're selling it for less than you originally purchased it, then you're paying taxes on a higher amount, correct? That is correct. Well, right. we'll still play depreciation recapture tax will still be deferred. So the capital gains is going to be the issue there, but on the depreciation yeah. recapture, you're still not going to pay it. Right. Okay. Um, you're still not going to pay that. Okay. That gets deferred. Um, but if I didn't 1030 want it, mm-hmm. then I, then I, then I'd be in the, the same pickle. I'd have to pay it. You would pr- potentially, there are other, other ways around it as well. There are other tax strategies. I don't want to get into all of them, but there's something called partial asset disposition, which allows you to allocate less amount to that personal property upon the sale and get around depreciation recapture on that. But generally speaking, yeah, you're going to have to pay depreciation recapture tax. Um, at least a but it's a cash amount. flow. It's cash flow. It's time value of money. It's cash flow. It's, 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 it's really interesting for sure. Exactly. And just to give you another perspective on that, someone who's buying more than one property, okay, real estate investors or businesses that are constantly buying properties, you are able to use the depreciation from one property to offset the loss or to offset the, the tax from the other properties. So even if you were to sell property A, but you have, a, uh, you have enough deductions from property B that you bought this year, you could actually use those extra losses to offset the depreciation recapture tax um, on the sale of the- The totally unrelated properties. They didn't have to be purchased at the same time in the same transaction. As long as it's owned by the same person and the same business that they can use those losses, they flow through. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Well, I I think that's a good overview of depreciation (laughs) and cost seg. And that's not normally something that we we, uh, the, the knowledge that we drop on this show. So that that's really good perspective is so for me, you have a unique perspective from like, you know, real estate, you know, and the tax world. So, you know, given everything going on, what's, what's your take on what, you know, the effect on real estate and this and your world and what's going on. You know, everything is really sl- on a slowdown, right? The economy yep. is on a, a sl- you know, has slowed down people, unfortunately, a tremendous amount of people are out of work. Okay. There are businesses that have not reopened. Um, our business is, is working on a skeleton kind of level. People are just not as active as they were. What's the long term? I mean, that's the short term effect, right? Everyone's being affected tremendously by this. And the repercussions are going to continue for probably another few months at least. What's the long term of this? I think a lot of people see uh, a big light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, as you're probably aware, tons of people are sitting on stockpiles of cash, just waiting, waiting for, you know, this recession or whatever, something had to happen, right? This has just been like a bubble the past 10, 10 years or so, just been growing. So I think uh, there is going to be a lot of activity in the market, in the real estate world. It's going to pick up. Obviously, there's going to be changes as, as there always is. Um, so those who are adapting are going to, you know, come out on top. But I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, towards the end of the year, uh, hopefully Q3 is going to start picking up and things changing around for the better. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And so um, most of, and, and one of the things I wanted to talk about, most of the people who use cost seg are the owners of properties. But there are some scenarios where 
tenants and, and with tenant improvement allowances and what they're doing can use cost seg. And we wanted to talk about that today because, you know, we, you know, we talk about retailers on this show and I think it would be helpful to the entrepreneurs and retailers out there that listen to this show to, to, you know, uh, learn about that, even though it is very unique for that to happen. And, you know, sometimes we do that on this show, we bring the unique. So why don't, why don't you tell us, you got a couple of, you know, scenarios that, you know, and we call this the story, but you got a couple of scenarios of how um, some retailers, restaurateurs or whatever are used in cost set. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. We, one thing, you know, that you have to know about cost segregation and tax deductions, whoever's paying the money for those improvements is going to benefit from those tax deductions. So when we talk about tenant improvement allowances, it depends who's actually paying for it, who's footing right. the bill. So right. if the tenant is actually footing the bill, then they are able to qualify for those tax deductions. So just a quick example, maybe a couple. Um, we have a, you know, a, a small family restaurant business um, out in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey. They have a few small restaurants, but they've you know, bought them and been doing major renovations. And the renovations particularly, which I'll touch on, on in a moment in the tenant improvements, have gotten a huge boost with this recent CARES Act. Uh, but, gener- but even before I get to that, when you are spending money interiorly, you, all that can now be segregated. That can be separated out to determine what value, what lifespan that property has. So if you spend right, $100,000 on revamping the kitchen, a lot of those appliances, a lot of that furnishings are going to be a five-year tax write-off, which means you can do cost segregation and you can now, the tenant who's spending that money can now spend $100,000 and literally get that as a five-year tax write-off. Uh, all that changed. And this, we're actually working around the clock right now, specifically on this company's deals, because there was a change a couple of weeks ago in the CARES Act, which said that anything that's qualified improvement property, anything that is interior improvements on a commercial property that was done after the acquisition can now not, it, it qualifies. It's not no longer five-year property. They change it. It's 15-year property, which means it depreciates on a 15-year schedule, which is kind of counterintuitive. It's less benefit, right? However, it is eligible for what's called 100% bonus depreciation, which means you can now take that entire amount spent as a tax write-off in the first year. So if you have an, you know, a functioning business, operating business, and you're spending a lot of money, this tenant is now going to be taking this $100,000 right, uh, as a write-off in the first year, meaning they're going to deduct that from their, uh, and create, deduct that from their income and create literally operating losses. So if you were one of the, the, the companies or businesses, small business owners, the restaurateur, the, the service uses like nail salons, hair salons, and you did some work to your space last year, but now you're shut down. This could be very advantageous cash flow mechanism to get you through this time. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. And not only that, if you even did it in 2018 or 2019, if you did any of those improvements, uh, you can now get those as a, a first year. This and year, some of those improvements those could be, I spent new 50 grand on furniture. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to get 100% bonus depreciation year one. 
It's huge. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really huge. And you know, not to get into the nitty gritty, obviously discuss with these are your accountants, but this can even create losses, which can be carried back. Um, which means you net operating losses, which can be carried back. If you had an income previous tax years, you can not only wipe out your cash, your tax liability this year and create that cash flow that you're talking about, but potentially if you have enough of a loss, you can even carry it back to offset uh, income, income tax that you had in previous years. Interesting. Inter wow. That could be very, very helpful to some of these guys, mm -hmm. especially during this time when they're closed, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's looking for ways to free up cash. Yeah. This is, yeah. Lowering your tax liability is a, a really smart way to do it. Interesting. Um, interesting for sure. The, and in the, in the past, you know, let's tenants spend of their own dollars, some portion of money in this, these types of FF and E types right. of improvements. Why do they, why do you, why do they not take advantage of this as much as landlords? You know, I think the reason is people just don't know about it. And, and that's the reason why a lot of landlords don't even use this, believe it or not. I mean, we wouldn't be in business if we're, you know, educating people and telling people about what they had no idea about. So it's the fact of the matter is accountants do not, are not proactive enough to tell their clients about this since it's tax related. But since you need an engineering company to come in and do the work, which is tax related, accountants are not proactive enough to, to take care of it. So those small business owners, their accountants are not real estate uh, accountants per se, and they just may not know about it. I mean, I've seen it dozens of times. Got it. Very interesting. Um, well, Yona, listen, uh, this has been fascinating. I think you're, you're giving some insight uh, that we don't get on this show and that a lot of people don't get often. So really appreciate it. Anything else we should talk about on cost seg or, and how maybe tenants could use it? The, the CARES Act, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Check into it. Definitely check with your accountants. Um, you know, reach out if you have any other questions about how this can actually apply to you. Because like I said, if you're doing major improvements, you're doing tenant improvements, it's definitely worthwhile to check out. This was something that was not available before the CARES Act. It was, it's a brand Got new it. thing. So how can people find you, Yona? Best way to find me is LinkedIn. You know that. That's, right? that's, that, that's where I'm active. That's where I spend a lot of time. Uh, there's only one Yona Weiss in the world, as far as I know. And that's, <laughs> and, that, and that's me. So it makes it pretty easy to find. Uh, you can reach out to me via our website, Madison Specs, uh, or my email, yweiss at madisonspecs.com. And um, yeah, if you have any awesome. questions, please feel free. So last part of our show, retail wisdom. You ready? Let's do it. All right. First question, best piece of commercial real estate advice for everyone out there. Best piece of commercial real estate advice is educate yourself. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're already doing that, okay, to a certain extent. But continue, continue educate yourself. I cannot stress that enough. There are so many nuances. You cannot possibly know everything. So continually educate yourself and learn new strategies, new ways um, to, you know, pass, ride the tide. Um, awesome. I love that. I'm a big uh, proponent of self-education. So I hear you. 
Second question. Yeah. Extinct retailer you wish would come back from the dead. Um, extinct retailer. You know, I put some thought into that. <laughs> no, I'm trying to I'm trying to recall. There was, I guess, you know, toy stores. I guess that's the only one that comes to mind that toys I remember as a kid. Toys R Us was great. KV Toys, right? KV they were. Toys. I grew up with them. Um, you know, there's one down the street from my house. It was like, you know, going to the zoo for me to go to the toy store. So, <laughs> something like understood. So KB Toys, got it. Um, last question. So, I live, I live in the suburban rural environment. I got like some rock walls. I've been looking at these rock walls, and you know, Home Depot and Lowe's are still open right now, and. I'm like, man, I, I, you know, I could hire someone, but like maybe doing some yard work on the, on the weekend. So I'm looking at these power washers, Jonah. Okay. And so I'm looking at Home Depot and I'm on their website and I'm looking at a DeWalt 4,400 PSI gas pressure washer powered by Honda. What does that retail for? Um, I'm going to say $179. Yona. Stick to cost seg, Yona. You're way <laughs> off. It's $999. But thank you for playing. <laughs> well, I didn't go over, right? Not That's true. <laughs> you didn't go over. Touche. <laughs> well, listen, I want to I wanna thank you for coming on. I think you're going to help a lot of people out there and uh, really appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks, Chris. A pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you are a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.